You are now listening to the Nick Francis Podcast, episode five, produced by Sky Sprout Digital Media. Hello, everybody. This is Nick Francis, and this is the Nick Francis Podcast. Today, we have an incredibly talented serial entrepreneur, Daniel Hutchinson, and we're just going to dive right into it. So thanks for being here, Daniel. Hey, thanks for having me on, brother. Yeah, give us uh, give us a little synopsis here on what it is that you do uh, right now, and like what you're current currently working on. Oh wow, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, so, <laughs> what I'm working on right now is um, uh, I'm teaching people how to get publicity for their business. Like you mentioned, I'm a serial entrepreneur, and over the years, I've owned um, over ten different businesses, written three different books. I'll have five total out within the, the next year. Nice. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about this podcast. You know, I've, you've been doing this about a month now or so. Yeah. Uh, I was there when you first, first started and I was excited about it and all the guests you have on so far have been rocking it and there's a lot of, you know, positive information coming out. So yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. So the publicity course or the publicity thing that you're, you're working at right now, that's coming from the fact that you had great success getting publicity for some of your projects. So talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had several businesses over the, over the years and I've been blessed to get a lot of publicity. Actually, let me backtrack and say half of it was luck. A lot of it was work. You know, mm-hmm. in the beginning I, I wanted, in the beginning I thought to myself, if I can only get my business on TV, you know, everything, everything's going to open up for me. So I started doing, um, you know, I started reaching out the way that most people think that you're supposed to reach out. And that's when you go to the website and you click on the, you know, submit a story and do it. And, you know, nobody responded the first time I did that. So I was like, all right, I'll tweak it. Um, and then I'll send another pitch. So I'd send another pitch and they'd respond and they say, no, we don't want your story, but at least they responded. So I tweaked it a little bit more. And then eventually I started getting publicity. Um, so now I'm at the point now where I want to help other people learn how to get publicity for their business. Cause I've learned how it can, you know, change the way that, that, uh, that the business operates and the amount of exposure you get just from being on TV. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the biggest, uh, kind of interviews or, or news stories you've, you've been able to land? Sure. So it kind of cascades, you know, in the beginning I was lucky. I was like so ecstatic to be on the local news. Like I was so ecstatic to be in a, a small town newspaper. Sure. Um, and you know, it's, it's grown and it's grown. And now I've been on like all the ones that you kind of pray and wish that you could be on, I've, I've been on. You know, I've been on the New York Times. I've been in Bloomberg News. I've been on NPR. Um, I've been on The Daily Show back when Jon Stewart was hosting it. I've been awesome. on CNN. I, you know, I've been on uh, a lot of very um, large national Wow. News. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, and thanks. were those all for, when you got the stories, were they all for the same project or thing you were working on? No, it's it 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 across the board. Um, it's been for everything from... Uh, my escaping business that I've owned to the books that I've written um, to be a, about being a medic in Iraq during the troop surge um, all over the other businesses that I've owned. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. So what's the format of how are you helping other businesses now? Are you consulting or is there a course or how's that work? It's, it's going to be a course that I'm launching um, to kind of, you know, here's the ABCs of, of how, how you approach businesses. Cause there's a, there's a way to, you know, there's always an expert way to approach stuff and then the way that you think you're supposed to approach sure. stuff. Um, and you just kind of learn along, along the ways, you know, here's the tiny little shortcuts. So that's my intent is to teach people those, those shortcuts on how to, you know, cut that time in half and how to get on the big, big name stations. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people just, they, they just don't know how to reach out. You know, right. um, you know, one big tip I can t- give everybody right now is don't ever just submit it 
on the on the website where it says submit a story. Don't do that because it's going to it's going to an email. It's going to who knows where it goes to, but it's likely not going to get answered. Yeah, because that's what everybody else is doing. Do you think there's value in hiring PR companies and things of that nature for for say a small, obviously a large business, it's different, but a small uh, local or medium sized business, uh, is there still value in the traditional PR agency, or do you think we can pretty much do the, do this ourselves? I think there's always going to be value there, but I don't think it's to the point where a lot of people think, right? I, I think that, um, we're merging more and more into the the so the digital information we have today is is exponential compared to what we had 20 years ago Mm -hmm. you know 20 years ago i think that was the way that you you do it right have a national pr company write up a press release and send that in because they have the contact information um, and they know the the editor-in-chief of this organization or whatever yeah but today you can get on the internet you can figure you can find out that information you send that pitch yourself so i think that that um pr companies still have their, their specific place in this industry. But I think, you know, the local mom and pop shops, they can get on TV by themselves. You know, they can figure out all this information. They just know how to, they need to know how to do a pitch, do a story idea in a way that it's going to benefit the, the, the station or, you know, wherever they want to be on. Right. They care a hundred percent about the viewers. That's all they care about is a good story for the viewers. Yeah. That's super interesting. Cause like I've, I've definitely, worked with some really awesome uh pr companies over the years and then i worked with some really like bad or not necessarily bad but they didn't bring results so it's kind of bad like it's it's uh that's your job and the unfortunate part is like really all they're selling nowadays is less of the relationships Mm. and it's more of the writing of of the pitch Mm. and then distributing it through normal channels like a pr newswire or something of that nature and so if you can be a half decent writer or have somebody on your team that's a half decent writer, that's good. But it's it's definitely there's value in figuring out why is why is the making it as easy for them to to put it turn it into a story. Don't give them work to do is kinda of like what I've always kind of believed in. If you're saying, Here's my business, write a story about it, that's getting them halfway there. If you're like, here's the story, here's the headline, making them envision the whole thing. That's always been what's what's worked for us, and whether that's a PR company that's written it or whether it's been internally um, somebody that we that either one of my businesses or one of my clients' businesses that has written the uh, the press release. That's kind of what's what's worked for us. So just making it is just here it is. All you got to do is print this exactly how it is as, as idiot proof as you can make it for them. So they have to do as little work as possible. Yeah. Sometimes they just they have an opening or they have something they need to fill and it's last minute. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 definitely interesting. I, I've always been curious how people feel about the, the traditional PR agency as they get away from. It's not as easy as them just calling up their buddy that works there and then they write a story and right. like that's hugely valuable. That's awesome, but yeah. it's just not as. Don't feel like that's really how it's working anymore. Um, but what about what about like PR Newswire and the the online uh, syndication sites? Do you see any value in those? I see. Uh... Yeah, the, I, there's definitely value, um, but you know, again, once again, we're, we're straying farther and farther away from what people think are, are the the mainstream ways of getting publicity. Um, and like I said, I think the newswire is still a very very valid source. 
But I think, yeah. you're, again, I think you're going to have so much more power by doing what you just said, by making it idiot-proof for the, for the reporter. So yeah. the reporter sees it, and they can, they can go one of two ways with it. They can go, whoop, hey, I can just copy and paste what Nick Francis just sent me, or they say, or you send them something real small, real short, real quick, um, that piques their interest. You know, a, um, you know, we can talk about what's in the news right now is about, you know, how uh, Zuckerberg's been getting drilled over social media. And right now is an opportunity for any digital markers right, right now. It, it is so easy to get on the news. Right? Yeah. Like you should, you should be able to just jump right on there. It should be nothing right now. Because if you look at the video, you know, there's a lot of senators that are trying to drill Zuckerberg and they don't know what the heck social media is. Yeah. You know, and they're like, you know, is, is my WhatsApp listening to or whatever? You, know, you can clearly say that they clearly tell that they don't know what they're talking about. And so that's an indication of if those senators don't know, you know, how social media works, there's a lot of other people that have no idea what social, right. how it works. So right now you can literally send an email to your local news reporter and send it to the actual reporter. Don't send it to the, to the, you know, the, here, submit your story here, send it to, to an actual reporter. Yeah. Make it real quick, you know, real short, real sweet. Say, Hey, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of misinformation in the news right now about social media and whatnot. And there's, a, I have a story that I think your viewers are going to absolutely love. Right. I, I'm a marketing expert, social media marketing expert. I've been doing it for, you know, four years or whatever. And I love nothing more than to come on TV and talk to you about kind of, you know, what's going on with social media. Um, because we hear that, you know, your data has been breached. And I think a lot of people interpret that as, oh my gosh, they've got my social security number. Sure. They've got my, you know, my bank account information. Yeah. When really it's superficial, superficial information, right. it just allows a lot of, you know, social media marketers to kind of dial in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, don't change that channel because when we, we come back, we're going to be talking about talking with Nick Francis from Skysprout about, um, you know, uh, or actually a better lead in would be something like. All right. You, you know how you go to a e-commerce website like Amazon and then you're looking at a product and then you go to your Facebook and that product is right there right. looking at you. Don't change your channel because when we return, we're going to talk to Nick Francis about how that happens and if your information is safe. So stay tuned. We'll, yeah. we'll return. That's your hook right there. That's your lead right there. That's a, you know, and you know, as a marketer, you got to address a pain point yeah. and you got to figure out how you're going to solve that pain, pain point. So if, if you're a social media marketer or whatever right now, do that. Um, for the next week, it's going to be hot. After that, nobody's going to care. But right now, you can get you know, on. Yeah. That's super smart. <clears throat> That's something that we'll do before this airs, so don't take our idea. No. There you go. Yeah. But, but it, it's, it's, it's super. It, I mean, the, the, the important part about, uh, uh, sorry, the important part about that was what you said, um, addressing the, the pain point of it. Like, mm -hmm. is your data safe? Is, is that like, you're familiar with this concept of, of which you explained was just remarketing. Mm -hmm. Most people know it they understand that it happens they think it's still i mean i actually thought this was as mainstream as possible that everybody understood what remarketing was mm -hmm. i thought five years ago no one did mm -hmm. and but i thought today everybody got it mm -hmm. and hearing the testimony that that he was giving mm -hmm. that day to the senate they didn't understand the least bit of how of how any of that works yeah. and uh you know they don't understand that like the data is encrypted and that i don't as a as a Facebook advertiser, I don't see a list of everybody that likes a certain yeah. thing. And that's what they think it's, it's happening is that we yeah. get to see lists of people that like certain things or do certain things or that have been to the website and it's, it's not the way it works. Um, so it'd be really cool to like address that. Um, as I think the news would love a local business to, you know, clear things up because hearing it from 
you know, the, the company that's doing it, it's, there's, there's no, like, there's no trust there. It's like, no, mm -hmm. we're not doing this. Sure. Right. But it's like, yeah. okay, we're a company that utilizes this technology, like has been doing it for 10 years and mm -hmm. here's how it works. Mm -hmm. It does, you know, it, that'd be a fantastic idea. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that can be applied to anything, but that is super applicable right now too. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's so a big misconception about getting media attention is that you're helping out the reporter and, and in some ways you are, but a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, I wish we'd be on TV. You know, um, or that the reporter's helping you, or, you know, this would be such a, such a huge thing. But I tell you right now, there are reporters at channel four that are figuring out how the heck they're going to fill the news tonight. Yeah. You no, know, nine out of 10 times. So, sometimes they'll, they'll, you know, they have this story for today. So, okay. Um, but let's say I'm the editor, you're the reporter. I'll say, okay, look, um, there's an overturned semi on, on, you know, 270 this morning. It's got hazmat 270 is going to be shut down right. all day long. I need you to go to report on that. Okay, um, you know, Senator so and so got caught cheating on his wife. I need you to go to report on that. Right. Um, you know, there's a new restaurant that's opened up that's serving alligator meat. I need you to go to report on that. Um, you know, sometimes stories like that they happen, so they can pull from them. Sure. But a lot of times, there's reporters out there that had to figure out the stories on their own. So if you can help them, you know, if you can send them a story idea, they're gonna grab it. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's 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 immediate. Sometimes, you know, it would take them a day or two to respond to their email. Um, sometimes even with local news, sometimes like you'll send that email and five minutes later, they'll call you and they'll say, Hey, can we do an interview in 20 minutes? You know, I got yeah. a slide on the news tonight. So you need to be really reactive with that stuff. Yeah. So getting the, I mean, what do you think, how do you think the value of getting on the, like the local news or obviously I feel like it's still crazy valuable with all the national stuff you've, you've talked about, but the local news station, do you think it makes more of an impact to, to score a local news interview, obviously not as much now as three, four years ago, but versus getting a local vlogger influencer to, to interview you or do, do a podcast like this, like where it's less, it's less impressions. The math is just there. Like it's mm -hmm. not hitting as many people, yeah. but I see value in it still being an authority. Yeah, I'd agree 100%. Um, it, it depends on what you want. You know, sometimes you can be on local news. And if you're if you're a, going on lo local news and you're a local restaurant or something like that, mm -hmm. there might be a lot of power behind that. Mm -hmm. um, there's still a ton of power between being able to put a picture of you up and then underneath it being seen as seen on, you know, NBC or as seen on 100%. ABC or whatever. That gives you a ton of that authority. Um, news interviews are hit or miss. Sometimes you can sell... 200 books from a news interview. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can not sell anything at all. Um, I think the power of being on TV is diminishing every day, especially with podcasts and stuff like yeah. that, you know, because you can have the same amount of impressions from a podcast, right? You can get somebody yeah. that, that, that has a fan base of a thousand people and they go out and especially, you know, with the virality of it and being able to share, uh, you know, news stories, I think channel. So being on TV used to be the kind of like the, and all, you know, it's the only way to kind of get your name out there. Right. Social media is changing that game a lot mm -hmm. with, you know, podcasters and influencers and influencers and whatnot um, to the point where it might be you know, more beneficial to be on Nick Francis podcast than it is to be in the Columbus Dispatch or than to be sure. on Channel 4 News or whatever. Uh, so I think we're going to start seeing that that gap um, narrow and we're seeing it narrow every single day. Well, I think the other opportunity that the news is missing is to take their following, take their authority, but but format the content 
for for social mm. like the news does they post a story like if you look at most major news stations or local local news stations they're posting a link to an article first off that's wrong but they're posting a link to an article every 15 20 minutes mm. and it's just everything that comes out gets spit out on their channel it's getting one zero to three likes on it on a channel with on a page with four hundred thousand a million two million um likes and followers the the actual stories are getting liked like once or twice because they're just they're not understanding the digital side and there's such an opportunity for them to use their awesome authority and reputation and really good talented writers but do it in a 2018 you know fashion yeah. like they see the buzzfeed article or the buzzfeed stories and the, and the upworthy sto- uh style videos where it's all big blocky titles and it tells a story you can do it without sound and it's so simple and there's software that does it without even having to do it like it's just so simple yet they continue to post a link to an article and wonder why it gets two to three clicks on it and once every three months something goes viral so they say that it's working and if you could take that authority that they have in the local um, media and you know create content properly you'd have one heck of a local news station you know and especially if they were to help a local business and say okay here's what we're going to do we're going to do a here's a great example so they were posting stories about a uh it's called play cleveland or play cle in cleveland it's just giant um i think it's it's essentially called like a giant jungle gym for adults and and kids too i don't know if you saw it but it's super super cool um and there's been a hundred stories on it and pictures and this and that all they did was do it the right way in the exact way I just talked about with the little titles that overlaid and like you could watch it without sound. It was embedded natively inside of Facebook. Like they just did one story the right way one time from a local news station and it went nationwide viral. Like millions, I want to say tens of millions, millions of views in like two days on it. And that is a perfect example of, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand because if you were to do that for a local restaurant and talk about all the cool things that it, that it has to offer and that person were to, you know, pitch the story and they formatted it in the right way, Mm. it would be unbelievable, but they're just, they're dropping the ball because they're just posting links to stories on their website because they're worried more about selling ad space, Mm. banner ads on their website versus just creating the content natively inside of Facebook, which is just not going to work long term. I don't think. Yeah, it won't. Uh, you know, digi- digital media is changing. It's leveling the playing field, and you're sure. going to adapt or you're going to die. That's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the national scale is is the is how crazy um, the the giant podcasts and the giant shows and influencers are. Like, I don't quote me on the numbers, but there's the last thing I heard was something like the Joe Rogan podcast is getting more daily views. Uh, or listens of it than CNN or Fox like put together. Yeah, I like, believe it. Re- like absurd numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he's he's a personality that's crushed it, and he, it's like the not one. Of, I think the number one podcast or close to it. Um, you know, even in the top, I think it's like the top twenty. Like something down to the top twenty still beats those numbers. Like mm-hmm. you're not turning the TV on and watching it, and because there's a certain demographic that does, we say people are still watching television and, and watching all those things. But it's a uh, what we normally see when we see someone that's in the news is they were in the news and the news posted the story or mm. like online. So it's, it's interesting. Like even, even if no one is watching that news uh, segment that you got featured in, 
the fact that you can say you were featured in it is is immensely beneficial. Um, and if they would format it properly online, they would actually be helping people tell the story in a much better way. And I, and I really wish um, people could do that. There exists the opportunity to repurpose it yourself too. Hmm. Like, why not take all of your news you know, clips that you've been in, put them together into a little cool square formatted video and say, you know, tell your story. Like that would kill it. Yep. So I'm just ranting, but <laughs> I, I, it, it's something I'm super passionate about because, you know, I, when I saw that video go viral of that play Cleveland, I was like, I've been saying this for like six months. Like somebody, yep. some local news station needs to just take the Buzzfeed approach and they did and it worked. But then they went right back to posting links. I'm like, it's <laughs> yes, it's a super cool business, yeah. but it's not that. It's it's just it's just that anything could have gone viral if they mm -hmm. formatted it properly. But yeah, it's a uh, it's just crazy to me that like you can one of these one of these news stations is gonna is gonna take that model and they're gonna they're gonna kill it and they're gonna build a nationwide brand around around it because like why be a local news station like right. if you could just you have a, a million people following. Mm -hmm. Take the uh, take that approach and just spread out nationwide and be a Buzzfeed, be an Upworthy, be one of these stations. But yeah, so there's my rant. But yeah. so tell me, um, you've done a bunch of other uh, businesses over the years. Uh, why don't you pick one uh, and tell me maybe your favorite one or the biggest disaster, or the biz biggest success, or give us give us a little insight into some uh, of these other so ones. So I'll give you one that's a combination of both. My biggest learning curve was probably um, I started an escape room business here mm -hmm. in Columbus, Ohio, when they weren't really very popular. So I had, I had the challenge of, uh, well, first let me say what an escape room is. Right now probably sure. most people know what it is. Like four years ago when I started, nobody knew. But an escape room is, is basically like being in a real-life video game. And mm -hmm. I, would, I would take a group of up to 12 people, um, lock them in a room for 60 minutes, and they'd have to solve a series of clues, riddles, and puzzles in order to ultimately find the key to escape the room. Um, so that's kind of the basis behind that. Um, but yeah, so I started that, started that business and, you know, it's just learning curve after learning curve after learning curve, um, because there's so much going into that business. I've had businesses before where it was like, it was all internet based businesses or, or whatever the case may be. This, this took, um, you know, the internet marketing combined with having to hire people to combine with having to hire 18 year old kids that wanted to call off on Friday nights sure. to go to parties, to to having to, um, you know, deal with people that wanted to show up late for a timed slot, which would throw all the other slots. There's just a lot of moving yeah. parts in it. And there's just, just a huge um, opportunity there and, and a bunch of obstacles as well. And, you know, I probably learned more from that business than I did most of my other businesses combined. That's cool. And it's just, um, it's just on the, on the basis of failing forward, you know, it's just, just, any business, anybody that's been successful in business has failed their way forward. I don't, uh, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of business owners and I, I don't think I can name one person that started their business and it's just been clean, you know, all the way to the top where they didn't have failures. You know, it, it's just, you, um, you, you just, you gotta keep failing forward and you gotta take those, the, those, those hard times and learn from them. And I think that's, you know, the problem with a lot of people is that, is that they just give up too soon. And sure. a good example of that would be like a little kid, like a little toddler um, that's trying to learn how to walk. You know, you never see a little toddler get up, try to walk, fall down, do that three or four times and then say, hey, you know what? This isn't working for me. I'm just going to crawl for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. But they, they know that it can happen because it's been modeled. They've seen other people do it. So they know that, you know, this is just part of the this is just part of the dream. 
Right? Yeah. I'm going to fall down, but eventually I'm going to be able to walk just like dad, just like Uncle Joe, just like this person, et cetera, et cetera. And I think some of the, the reason that, that people stop is a one, one, one of two reasons. And one is either they've never seen that modeled before in the world, so they don't know that it's possible, right? They're like, well, I'd like to create a, a car that, that you can press a button and it'll turn into a helicopter and you can press another button and it'll turn into a boat, but nobody's ever done that. Right. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to do that. And that might seem kind of crazy, like a, a, a car, boat, helicopter, or whatever the case may be. But um, at the same time, it was crazy when, uh, you know, people were like, let's create a telephone. Right. You know, let's talk to somebody that's not even here. Like today, that makes a lot of sense. But back in the day, they're like, this guy's a freaking nut job. You know, how are you going to do that? Um, but, you know, he just never gave up. He kept going after it. And then I think the other portion of that is that people have seen it modeled. You know, like I want to start a, you know, whatever, internet marketing company or whatever the case may be. They've seen it modeled, but they create such a disconnect between themselves and the people that have done it. They're like, I could never be, you know, I, I could never be this guy or I could never start a, a podcast like Lewis Howes or whatever the case may be, you know, because he's different than, than I am. Right. There's no difference. We're all, we all start off as babies and then we, we, we just expand from there. And, you know, maybe the first six to 10 years or whatever the case may be, we have little influence over how we grow and how we expand. But after that, we have complete control over it. Right. And it boils down to two major things is, you know, what are you putting in your brain? What are you reading every day? What are you watching on the news every day? And who do you surround yourself with? Yep. And those are the fundamentals that are going to make de determine whether or not you're successful. You know, what you what information you put in your head every day or what poison you put in your head every day yep. and who you surround yourself with. I think the other thing is, as you said, um, people see somebody else do it and they say, well, no, that guy's more talented than I am or whatever. The other trap I see people fall into is so it's been done. And so no, who, why would, why would somebody like, you can't do it again. So yeah. it's like somebody started a podcast. They're the number one podcast in the world. And so somebody already did that. Yeah. And it's like, so you don't think you can be better. You know, you can't have better guests. You can't have better production value. You can't do it more frequently. You yeah. couldn't be better at syndicating through social. Like that's the, and for a while, that was the trap that I fell into with everything with, with the marketing company is there's 50 in Columbus and I'm like, so just super competitive and everybody's done a podcast. So, you know, I can't do it. And I'm like, no, we're just going to do it. And we're going to do it a heck of a lot better than everybody else. That's it. There and you like, you just have to have the confidence and just know, but you also have to be self-aware enough to know if that is really like your, your gift and your talent and that you're not just in, in it for the right reasons. Like, you know, like if you want to start a business just for the money and you don't know what you're doing, it usually doesn't work out. If you want to start a business or do what you're, you know, create that crazy contraption you're talking about, but that's like, you can't do, you can't do anything without thinking about it. And it's just like super passionate, um, thing you're passionate about mm. that will, you know, you can, you can make that work, but you can't just decide you want to do something, have, you know but not really be in it for the right reasons. So being in it for the right reasons is important. You hit the nail right there on the head. You know, you have, you have to be passionate about it and you have to know that it's gonna, you have to know that it's gonna happen. Um, because, you know, starting a business, like I said, you're gonna have to have obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And you can have all these skill sets, you can have all these, all this fancy equipment, you can have, you know, all that. But if you don't have the passion in you and mm -hmm. the drive in you to, to, to follow through during the dark times, um, th then you're never gonna make it. And, you know, I think a, a good example of that and a good example of doing the impossible and, and having that passion, and actually it just completely went out of my brain, the guy's name and the date, but, uh, but the, the, the base of the story is still the same. 
like I said, I don't remember the exact date, so we're just going to say January 2nd for simplicity, simplicity reasons. But January 1st, 1954, if you were to talk to anybody, if you were to talk to a doctor, if you were to talk to a scientist, if you were to talk to a, um, a distance runner, if you were to talk to just whoever, the world would tell you that it is impossible, absolutely impossible to run a sub four-minute mile. They just say it's it's impossible. Like physics doesn't allow it. The human body doesn't allow it. You cannot run a four minute mile. January second, nineteen fifty four, it was broken. It was broken by a man that had passion. That that just he he every day you know every day he woke up and he said I'm going to train to break the four minute mile. I'm trained to break the four minute mile. He just he and he envisioned the end result and he did it. Mm-hmm. That next year, twenty four people. Broke the four minute mile hmm. just by him, you know, breaking that four minute mile. He, like I said earlier, he modeled it for them. Yeah. They knew that now it was possible. So they didn't really have an excuse, you know, or, or, or they didn't, it, it, they just, they knew it was possible. They knew he did it. So I'm going to chase after it. So that's, that, that's what I love about, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've done, people say that's hard or that's impossible. Um, and I love proving them wrong because once you've done that, you're able to empower people and inspire people to live their biggest value. Sure. I think that that's, I've been thinking about that for a while since, uh, I was doing, um, my next level fundraiser mm. and I constantly was, you know, thinking to myself, you know, the first group that did it, these numbers are rough. Don't quote me again, terrible mm-hmm. quoting, but it was something like $20,000 was raised. And then once they saw that was possible, the next group did like 40 and then 60 and then 80, they didn't work any harder. Yeah. Like, they just saw what was actually possible. And then when we did it, it was like a hundred and you know, 14. And when we started, I was like, how the heck are we going to raise 114? And I'm like, well, the people before us did a hundred. So it's possible. Yeah. And the, it was just super interesting that how that mentality works. Cause now it's like over 200 something thousand that's mm-hmm. being raised every, like almost every time. And so it's just, it's like a sports team when they, when they win once it can put them on fire and then they just continue to win because they know it's possible once, you know, you, I land one client at a price. I never thought that they would, they would sign up for. And now that's the price, you know? And, and so you just, you can you see these things become possible once and it completely shifts your, your perspective, but what really, and that's the easy way, right? Mm-hmm. The hard part is you haven't seen it done and, and done. You haven't seen you know anybody pay for a certain service before. You mm-hmm. haven't seen anybody raise a certain amount of money, but you just stay completely confident all the way through being obviously realistic, but a little crazy at the same time, like yeah. a little like forward thinking. It hasn't been done, so somebody has to do it. Um, it's, it's super cliche and I get it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's completely true. Like mm-hmm. the numbers are made up. Like who decided that they were going to raise a hundred thousand in next level and they did it. I'm, I know, I'm sure you could figure out who it was, but mm-hmm. like that's somebody just was like hundred thousand is good. Let's do that. And they just did it. Yeah. Like it's crazy. They, they did it. They believe they, they believe that they could do it. They had the passion that they were going to do it and, and they visualized, you know, they, 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 they're like, this is going to happen. They wrote it on a board mm-hmm. and then everybody was like, we're going to hit that number. We're going to hit that number. We're going to hit that n- number. And as you know, I'm really big into neuroscience and there's, there, there's neuroscience behind, why that works you know it's um you visualize your end result and what that does is it um it act- activates a part of your brain so so what kind of car do you drive uh mercedes so so you drive a mercedes so when you purchase that mercedes um did you start seeing more and more of those mercedes on the road yep yeah um those same those there were just as many mercedes on the mm-hmm. road that before you purchased that car as the day that you did purchase the car 
The difference is once you purchase that Mercedes, you send a subconscious signal to your brain that said that vehicle has importance in my life. So your brain on a subconscious level is out looking for those Mercedes. Um, and this goes back way to, you know, prehistoric times and how we're, how we're programmed or whatever the case may be. Um, what, what it does is it activates a part of your brain called the reticular activation center mm -hmm. in your brain. And it, it's going to go out and try to look for those resources. So that's kind of the thing with next level, um, having that big donation, having that $114,000, you know, everybody's thinking about that. Everybody's visualizing it. So then they start thinking to themselves, you know what? I could sell cookies and that'd be, you know, that might only be an extra $20, but I get it closer or I could, you know, or I could ask my uncle Joe, or <laughs> I know, you know, my friend Steve owns a business and maybe he's making, you know, yeah. all these resources that, that before were kind of, um, invisible to you, um, start becoming, you know, more aware. Yeah. That's super cool. Cause yeah. it happens all the time. Every time I get a car, I feel like every, I see it on the road like a hundred times. I was yeah. like, this is cool. I've never seen anybody drive this. I'm like, where all these cars come from? Right. What the heck? I thought I was cool. No, yeah. but it's, uh, it's super funny. I think, I think that applies to so much stuff. It's, it, it, it all comes back to, you know, those are cool concepts, but the, the thing to take away is that's easy once someone's done it, you mm. know, it, it's, it's, and, but I think a lot of people's businesses aren't that complicated that they want to start mm. and they've seen somebody do the same thing and yet, and yet something still isn't clicking for them. And mm. so seeing it happen once isn't enough inspiration or, you know, motivation for them to feel confident in themselves in, in doing it. And so they think that person has something that I don't, or that person there's, there's a, there's an excuse essentially about why that person was able to start the business or fulfill whatever, whatever the, the goal is that they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And if you just kind of eliminate those and it's just very black and white as someone else did this and so can I, it's, it's really not more complicated. Okay. Like someone might be better than you, like mm -hmm. very plain and simple. Somebody's like a lot better than, than me at sports, but I could still get to that level. Yeah. It's going to take me a, hell of, a heck of a lot longer. Right. You know, is someone going to be better at me than, than doing digital marketing? Well, uh, you know, I don't think so. But mm -hmm. if, if, if they wanted to, they could learn all the stuff that I do. It would take them a heck of a lot longer to get there because I think I'm, that's a skill that I have. Mm -hmm. But everything's just whatever you're passionate about, follow it. Go forward, you know, 150% with whatever it is you're trying to do. And if you can see someone else and model someone else that, that's done it, great. But But look at it from an inspirational point of view as somebody else has done it. So can I, it's super easy to get trapped in someone else has, has done it because they're better than me or because they've got more resources than me or, or whatever the excuse is. And, and it's just that you just can't. Um, so yeah, that's, that's some super interesting stuff. What other in, in the, in the neuroscience area that, that you kind of talked about? Cause I said in one of your, uh, one of your seminars, well, give us a, give us something else, like something cool that, that you've learned over the years, uh, in that area. Could be about marketing. Could be about you know if you got anything. Yeah. So oh man. Um, so so I'd go, if if I were to you know leave with one thing for people to to understand it to go back to that reticular activation system mm -hmm. um, and about the the visual visualization because like I said that reprograms your brain and you know you're pulling those resources that you never saw before. And that's kind of what's important. Like you talked about how people fail because they, you know, they have this disassociation or they've seen it model before, but they're not passionate about it. Or maybe they're, they're, um, you know, 
uh, scared. A lot of people, a lot of people give up just because they're scared. You have to step out of their comfort zone and they have to do something new. And it's, it's so much, it feels better temporarily to stay in your comfort zone, but you know, stepping out of your comfort zone could give you the life of your dreams. Sure. Um, so that's kind of, kind of what you have to do. And going back to, you know, visualizing and opening up that reticular activation system and programming that, that that's going to make that discomfort. It's still going to be there. Um, but you're gonna have aids along the way, you know, you have little, little, little things that come out that make that easier for you as you go along. That kind of put a bandaid on that discomfort. Yeah. It's, it's, this is a silly reference, but, uh, Jess and I are playing the game life, like the Mm -hmm. board game this weekend. And, uh, I've actually never played it that I can remember probably when I was a really little kid and it was super comical. Like some of the stuff, like Obviously for me, the first step is you decide if you want to go to college or go straight into your career. And so I tried both ways and I lost the one way that I went to college first. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty ironic given my past. But anyway, there's one part where you decide you want to take like the hard road or the, or the safe route. And like it's every other space is lose a million dollars or gain a million dollars, whatever it is, it's something outrageous. And so you have the potential to make a ton of money, but you also have the potential to lose. And the other route, you, you see the outcome, you know exactly what, where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's a really funny, like kind of reference to life because you, 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 you it's really that black and white. You either take an action, you decide I'm going to go down this road, I'm going to start the business. I'm going to do whatever, whatever it is. And it's not always business. It's people have different things they want to do. Maybe it's simple as a hobby that they want to try, or they want to start blogging or doing online videos like vlogging or they want to start a podcast or whatever they just want to start something and there's the potential that it's not going to go well and maybe it costs some money or maybe it just doesn't go well and that's literally it like you know most of ten, nine times out of ten that's it it's just fear of failing which is silly um but you can see the ups and downs potentially and if you if you just decide i'm going to take the easier route and i'm not going to do that the the peace of mind is I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to, I know that I can guarantee myself. You think you can guarantee yourself that in six months, I'll still be making this much money. It's a safe route. Everything's going to be good. Mm. Um, but there's like, you can visualize it. You're like, okay, I'm making a decision that I don't want to risk anything. And I just want to continue doing what I'm doing. And in career for a lot of people, that's okay. Like they want like a lot of people, they don't give a, like they don't care at all where they're working. Yeah. They just want to work. And what they want to do is have, the most incredible family on earth and just spend all the time with their kids. And, and that's, that's what gets, you know, them excited. And that's great. And for other people who are born entrepreneurs, like, like yourself, you, you just can't, you, you, you were just programmed to go the, the hard route and you, you have to, or you, you're always going to regret something at, at a degree that no one else does. So funny metaphor, but it was definitely something as I was like watching, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. It's, it's, it's that simple. Yeah, it's, you either go the route or you don't, and you can see where you're going to end up both ways. Yeah, so yeah, and and it's risky. It doesn't always pay off. Like like you you, know, you still have all the passion and all the skill sets, and sometimes you know still fail at the business. But it's just just keep going because sometimes you're going to fail, but sometimes you're going to win. Like everybody knows me as a guy that was on the Daily Show with John Stewart, and he started the, the number one escape room business in Columbus. Nobody saw like I don't know if you seen the video from my cage fight but i got my butt with my foot in the first round like it was bad like it was really really bad that's awesome but i put it all <laughs> i put it all out there um but if i would have won you know i'd been like yeah that's awesome you know i'm yeah uh, um but but you never know what what the turnout's gonna be unless you try it so i tried it and i failed at that one but then i tried you know 
starting another business and I got on national TV and I started this business, another business and I made six figures and I started another business and I lost everything. And it's just, you gotta, gotta keep going out there and, and trying. And you never gotta know the end result if you, if you never have the courage to step in the arena. Yeah, that's huge. I think it's definitely, um, that's, that's a huge thing that, that it's, it's a bigger conversation, but what might as well jump on it while we're here is sure. just entrepreneurship being glamified or glorified, whatever you want to call it on really on social media and in general. Um, as I'm getting like super into Instagram, I'm searching hashtags for marketing and entrepreneurship. And I'm like, what the hell is all this? Mm. Like it's, you can do it if you try with like a stack of hundreds. And I'm like, what in the heck? This mm. isn't, this has nothing to do. I cannot even find decent hashtags about entrepreneurship and and easily find some you know 20 year old people starting their own business and just talking about their their journey and how hard it is and how they failed and now they're doing well or maybe they're going to fail whatever there's just nothing out there like it's so bad and so as you talk about you know the ups and downs of your business putting and of your of of your different things you've done putting that video out of of, of you losing in a fight is is what people need to, it's like the it's like the absolute perfect you know metaphor for like get, literally getting punched in the face like right. it's great and and but nobody sees that mm -hmm. and so i've definitely committed to if stuff goes bad with with this business at any point like it's all going out there like it all has to cuz yeah. it's not it people have this vision that everybody can start a business because like they, they see it online that it's, there's this thing called passive income and there's all this, mm -hmm. like you can just start an online business and all these people are doing it. No, they're not mm -hmm. like, they're just not there. You can, you can search Instagram for passive income and online marketing and network marketing and all these things. And people are just, it's just complete lies. And I don't think people understand how dangerous that is to entrepreneurship as as a as a career path because it's not easy and by by telling everybody how easy it is and that there's easy options and that there's there's ways to do it where you don't have to like you know work 20 hours a day there's just not and mm -hmm. and, and and if there was that's what everybody would do and i know that's cliche and i know it's what what like what people that have you know made real money say but it's it's true people people are setting this this false narrative that entrepreneurship is easy and it's it's the furthest thing from it and i get more and more worked up every time i talk about it because the it's dangerous in the fact that when when i'm a 20 year old guy or or maybe i maybe i worked for 20 years and now i want to start my own business because all i see online is how everybody else is doing it and how they can do it i can do it well true but are they really doing it or did they just take all the money out of their bank account, put it on a bed and say that they started some network, they joined some network marketing, you know, group and now they're making all this money. Like mm. it's that, it's that fake. And there's people that are investing in a lot of the network. I hate to put them like, you know, throw them under, under the bus, but a lot of times it's, it's just not ethical, um, how they're, how they're advertising the programs. And so I just, I have a really it makes me really nervous to see a lot of young people being shown all the glam side of entrepreneurship because it leads to a lot of them feeling like they're not good enough because they couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. All these people did it. I can't. What's wrong with me? That is dangerous 
for for that for especially for my generation who every time they fail like loses their mm-hmm. mind like yeah. god sakes but yeah. are you are you following any of that too or do you see all that yeah no i, I definitely see that and i think it's it's toxic i think it's dangerous you know we have all, a lot of people will go and they'll take their their entire savings which does most people are living paycheck to paycheck so their life saving might be four or five hundred dollars but they see that you know it's so easy to you know join this multi-level marketing company and then i'll be rich so they take all this money out and then, they, and then they fail and they, one, they feel like they're a failure Two, they've just, you know, compromised their, their, their savings or whatever the case may be. And to kind of piggyback on, on the, on the back of that as well. Another thing that's being toxic to the entrepreneurial market is the barrier to entry to become an entrepreneur, um, is minimal today as it it's was nothing. maybe 20, 20, you know, 20 years ago when I first got started, sure. um, you know, literally today you can you know start a facebook page open a paypal account and start selling your jewelry or whatever the case may be where 20 years ago maybe you need to go get a brick and mortar location you needed to have a a phone number dedicated to your business you need to do credit card processing you do all these other things there was more skin in the game um so anybody that did take that step had to do a lot more research on it uh, and they had to put a lot more um you know equity into it so i think i think uh, you know today it's kind of easy um, not only to get into it, but also, you know, to, to have an exit strategy. It's like, eh, this isn't working. I only got, you know, a hundred bucks in it, whatever, you know, I'll just quit. I'll just go back to working a job. That's the real problem. Yeah. The real problem is that nobody's, you know, I think this is like the third time it's been said on the podcast, but nobody's burning the boats or the ships or whatever the dang metaphor is. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, your people are dipping their toe in the water and then saying it didn't work and then getting very like emotional and uh, and it affects their their decisions for the, the rest of their life. That I started the like I tried to start a business that didn't work for me. Mm. Did you? Because like you said, like you started an Etsy page and like you tried to sell some jewelry and it didn't work out because you tried it for two months. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean it didn't work out. It means it didn't work out for two months. Right. Like that is all it means. You know, you didn't try it for three four years and on the side while you worked your job, mm. and then it didn't work. Like so. I think the the fact that that uh, people are deciding whether or not something works or doesn't work off of a few months because and having nothing invested financially, um, I think that's good. Like in, in terms of like, I think that's the way it should be. Everybody should have the opportunity to start a business. Like the tools are there. Like I don't think that's necessarily dangerous or bad. It's that people aren't then taking it seriously. You know, they're changing. Like it, I mean, it's it's literally this simple. They quit their job and they change their facebook occupation to entrepreneur mm. and then they try some stuff with no direction or nothing and nothing at all for two to three months yeah like what? it's <laughs> it's not a joke like it's not i mean it, it, in terms like they, they, they're people people think that it's like oh it, it it didn't work for me um because i tried to start my own business and and i just couldn't figure it out and they literally tried it for two to three months i'm like you you gotta give it like years of, of trial and error and like you're talking about like it was 10 businesses some lost you lost everything some you 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 made your money and you're still just learning and learning and learning every day and so it's i don't know if necessarily the ability by decreasing the barrier to entry if that's the the problem or if it's people that are are not investing everything and so they're not they're not financially invested there's no risk and so that mentality makes it a very lax, you know, a lax thing. I think I'm going to start a business. 
Like if you're gonna start a real business, you know, you're like, I'm going all in, I'm gonna give it everything I got, I've been saving up money for five years, or I'm gonna keep doing my job, save every penny and put it into this. Oh, and I've always, always wanted to start a business because that's who I am. Like I'm an entrepreneur, I just have never had the tools to do it. And now with the internet in 2018, I have the tools to do it. Like that person will probably make it. Like yeah. the person that's in it just for the money that starts a network, you know, joins a network marketing or wants to sell their stuff online and just does that as a side hustle. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't work, but then they just beat themselves up that it didn't work. It's like, that's the, that's the real problem. If it doesn't work, that's okay. Yeah. But people are beating themselves up because it looks so easy. Like it's, it's using as it's being used as a marketing strategy to get people into like lots of network marketing or, um, just that's really the, the main reason. Like if you look on, on Instagram, like where all those pictures are coming from, it's people just selling like network marketing opportunities and framing it as entrepreneurship. And then other people see that they want to start their own business. It doesn't work. And now they're just devastated and depressed because they saw their, their buddy had all this money and he was doing good. And so it didn't work out for, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Like I, I got no respect for those multi-level marketers <laughs> that, that bring people in um, under the premise of, you know, you're going to make, hundred thousand dollars in six months or whatever the case may be because like you said it, they, they bring them in they bait them in and, and and at the end of the day their their life savings is done and they feel like they're bad you know they, they feel like there's something wrong with them um so yeah multi-level marketing it, that that's hit or miss um mm -hmm. but a true blue entrepreneur um i have an incredible amount of respect for them sure. whether, whether they succeed or whether they don't um but yeah i'd i'd, I'd love nothing more than you know multi-level marketers to be, be cracked down on it mm -hmm. yeah I think I don't necessarily think all the programs themselves are 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 bad, but I don't think people understand. People think in those insta instances, mm. I'm gonna ask my buddy to join this program with me. It's gonna cost him thirty bucks, forty bucks. Maybe the next round is three hundred. Is it gonna make him broke? No. Mm. And they don't they don't realize like the mental toll that that takes on someone after they go and bang on the doors of all their friends and family and fools along the way, yeah. and it doesn't work for them. They, they don't understand like that takes a toll on someone that's not mentally tough enough to handle that, that they may never actually go and start that business that they wanted because they tried that route or, and it's terrible. Or anything else in life like, like that, yeah. that's devastating, man. It's, it's bad. I mean, yeah. I, I think that people need to like, yes, toughen up and like take some, take, take failure, mm -hmm. but, but don't set your friends and family up to fail because you joined a program and you think the only thing it's going to cost them is, yeah, join if it's, it's 30 bucks, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, because there's just a deeper, I just don't think people understand the deeper impact that has on, on people. Um, that your first, your first thing going off on your own doesn't work out. Well, yeah. Let me tell you, the first thing will always not work out, but like, come on, when you make it sound like when it's the way that it's sold and it's so easy, you can join mm -hmm. and then it doesn't work. That's why people get upset is because everybody else in that program was making all this money and like they were having, it was so easy for them. If, if you're doing it, that, that's, I think that's really why, why it affects people so much because it's sold is so easy. And then when it doesn't work for them, they feel even worse about themselves, but it's with anything. It's not just multi-level marketing and network marketing. Um, I know people that make tons of money in those programs and, and like tons of money and kill it. Mm. And, uh, that's fine. Um, it's just recognizing the effect that when you're selling that to somebody who you know is not a true bread entrepreneur and is not going to, you know, it's not going to work with them uh, and you sell it to them anyway, like just not ethical. Um, yeah. 
And I think understanding the effect it has is, is not, I don't think people take it, take it seriously, yeah. but yeah. So, so tell, uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about since, you know, what we do is, is essentially online marketing. Um, what's something you've done with online marketing for any of your businesses that has been, you know, ex- like a game changer over the years? Could be anything, even if it's outdated, we can parlay into it a little bit. So um, I probably go back to Facebook ads. Um, mm-hmm. I did Google ads there for a while. That was 100% donation to Google. Um, I didn't see any return on that. For what uh, business? All of them? or I've done that for, for my books. Um, I've done that for my nonprofit. And I've done that for um, another business that I own, for my solar business, uh, uh, photovoltaic, the, the solar panel business. Cool. Um, so I've done that for that. And then Facebook ads, um, I've gotten into those. In the beginning, I thought that, um, I was making donations as well because I saw little to no return on investment mm-hmm. until you start digging into the back end of it because um, you can't just boost posts, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that could take hours and hours to explain the complex, complexity of Facebook ads. But I started in the beginning and I didn't really see, um, you know, any, any return. But then like with any business, you know, or with any you know decision you make in business, you have to sit there and think, okay, this isn't working. Um, is, is there something within myself that's making this fail? Right. right, right, right. Is Facebook ads really just a crack, crack, crock of crap? Um, well, no, because there's other businesses where it's working for them. Right. So where's the disconnect? It's somewhere with me. It's mm-hmm. somewhere with me or my company. So let me dig in and see where where the shortcomings are, and see if Facebook advertising is a good model for my business. Um, and it is. You know, you don't have to sell. You know, vehicles where you have a, such a large profit margin to make a profit. You can do the same with Facebook ads. You just got to learn the, the marketing and the retargeting and the pixels and all that other complexity. So as far as digital marketing, um, Facebook ads, it is it, solid. Yeah. yeah. It's super like the way that you describe that is perfect too, because the, when, when people tell me that anything, we don't even single out Facebook, but like anything doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really just a matter of them thinking that the platform does the work. And all the platforms do, whether it's a billboard or a radio or Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, or the other 500 other things, or online radio, uh, Spotify, Pandora. The reason nine times out of 10 that it doesn't work is the creative, like the actual um, video, audio, imagery isn't necessarily good or bad. It's just that it's not right for the platform. It's just, I mean, it's, it's as silly as somebody put, putting a video on Facebook and it has narration over it without a caption. Nobody mm-hmm. opens it. Like 90% of people don't even watch the video with sound. So that ad's not going to work. And then they're like, ah, Facebook ads don't work. So it's, it's not understanding the nuances of the platform as they become more complex. It was simple. Like it's a billboard. There's no nuances. Put the image as big as possible. Put the website or put the brand. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very much that simple and by the one closest to the highway with the most like you all the numbers are there and they don't change other they only do those studies like once every year every two years at the most like doesn't change radio super similar um in theory super similar how they measure i don't is, is a little more complicated but like that's the same thing you know what kinds of radio ads work and it's just audio and you're just trying to get the message out as clearly as you can in, in 15 seconds. And it's, it's, again, it's purely a branding play. Then we get into Facebook ads. Nobody takes responsibility for the creative. If you put a billboard up and it didn't work, you most people would not say it's the billboard's fault. 
they would say, man, I, I, you know what? Maybe the phone number wasn't big enough. Nobody, nobody gives digital that credit. And, and I don't know why. Um, but I think they, they think that they see a lot of people having the magic. They, they, they think it's a magic pill. They, they, that it just, you advertise on Facebook and your business grows. Mm. All Facebook and Snapchat are, is the absolute cheapest way to get your message in front of people. It's just, it's just math that that's true. It's not an opinion. That's not anything. It is the, the Snapchat actually is the lowest CPM to get your message in front of that younger, you know, 13 to 24 demographic. Facebook 55 plus is the cheapest place to get your message in front of there. Um, that audience, Instagram's in the middle. That is just a fact that can't be debated. It's the math. The reason it does or doesn't work for a certain business is just that they screw up the creative, which I'm going to assume was what your problem probably was when you were trying to figure it out is it wasn't a video or it didn't look right or it didn't appeal to the right people or the targeting might not have been the right thing. Um, it's usually what it is. Yeah. There's a combination of a lot of that stuff. You know, and it, uh, I didn't know how to write the ads. I didn't know how to do the wordage, uh, the, write, write the, the copy. Um, and then... Once I changed that, I started to get results. And then once I started to see who was responding to my ads and optimizing and seeing this is the age range that is responding to it. Um, and you know, this is, um, uh, you know, the target, this change, this targeting and that works a little bit better. Yeah. Once you're able to tweak those smaller things, you're like, I'm getting a return. You know, like, like this is making sense now. Um, but like I said, a, a year before that, I was just like, Facebook ads just doesn't work. How much were you spending when you were saying it didn't work like on a week, do you think? I was spending like $150 a day. Okay, and then once you uh, cracked the code and like kind of figured it out, what were you spending then? I brought it down to maybe twenty bucks a day. So uh, it's, and I was getting the same results. I was selling out every weekend. It, yeah, it, yeah. And that's and that's super interesting too because it's 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 not that you had to spend more. So I was gonna make a point, but it wasn't mm -hmm. good. But you you were doing you know you were selling. Um, sorry, you were spending. Um, a pretty high amount given what you were doing because it was it was for you know the, the live events which were very minimal like the tickets were very cheap so that's a lot of money to, to be spending on a daily basis for that and then once you refined it you realize you didn't have to spend that much um so that's interesting because a lot of people they they think they're just not spending enough which is true 99 percent of the time that's, like, how, that's how i got myself up to 150 a day i started oh, out by okay. 20 a day I, gotcha. and I did get up to 150 so that's i'll have you know meeting with with a client and, and and i'm like how much are you spending right now on facebook They're like well it's not working for us but we'll, we'll spend 100 you know a bucks i'm like okay what do you mean oh, 100 200 bucks a month i'm like no other marketing on earth would you spend 100 or 200 dollars on and then say it, it didn't work i'm like a billboard is $8,000 a month. Radio to be effective should be in the two to $4,000 a month range in for a local business. And yet people spend 100 or 200 a month hitting the boost button on four posts. And they're like, it, didn't, it just doesn't work for us. I'm like, holy cow, it's just crazy. So it's cool that you actually were like, we're gonna give this an honest effort and made sure that it wasn't the budget being the problem. And then once, it, once you just maxed out how much you were spending, you still kept digging deeper and said, no, like we're going to figure this out. So that's super cool, man. It's cool to see that, you know, you didn't just give up because it was, a, uh, you know, because it's just, it's easy to when, uh, when you're spending that much money and you, you 
you just can't be overly confident. You got to be humble to know that like, we, like even us, like we're not always going to have it figured out. Like, mm. You can always get better. You can always learn more about this stuff. So yeah. that's cool. You were able to do that and figure it out eventually. You just kind of, as an entrepreneur, you just have to keep adapting. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to get over your pride. Yeah. You, you can't say, you know, whatever. Uh, don't talk to me about Facebook ads. I've watched three YouTube videos on it. I know what I'm talking about. You know, you gotta say, maybe I, maybe I don't, or maybe I need to bring in this expert. Maybe I need to hire this marketing company, or maybe I need to take this course on it or whatever the case may be sure. um, to get yourself up to the point where you, you're getting the results that you want. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's easy to just, just, you know, say, Hey, this isn't working. I give up. It's harder to say, maybe there's something wrong with me or it's harder to say, maybe I need to not go out this weekend and maybe I need to study this book on marketing yeah. or whatever the case may be. Those are the harder things, you know, but those are things that are, that are imperative in order to be successful. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, you're talking about like kind of headline reading or people that are, that are having the opinions on, on things and they're doing either very, very minimal or just kind of dipping their toe in. It's uh, the even crazier one is people that are doing nothing, but they read an article on ad week and it said that, you know, you know, the younger demographics dropping off Facebook. And so like I gave a seminar a year and a half ago and the one lady says, well, this is all great, but I just read that, you know, all the young kids are, are, are leaving Facebook. I'm like, okay. So instead of there being a billion 18 to 25 year olds, you know, there's 950 million. It's just so silly. Like they're still there and it's still, and, and so what's the alternative is you just don't market. You don't do anything. You go put it on radio because you read an article that said people are dropping off of Facebook. It's just silly. And so, like you said, you learn, you read, you do, which is the biggest one. Like, you know, I think a lot of people when they're starting Facebook ads should actually do a little bit of reading and, and research because the platform is becoming crazy complex. But um, ultimately, they have to actually execute and do and see what works for them. And, uh, just people just aren't, and it's a crazy missed opportunity. And and we talk about adapting. If Facebook shuts down tomorrow, like that's not going to put us out of business. And we're a digital marketing company. We adapt. We don't care about any individual platform. We respect each of them, and like we work each of them. Like when it, you, we spend money on them when it works. But if Facebook's average CPM goes up to ten bucks tomorrow, like we got to pull our dollars. It doesn't make sense. So you just adapt, and that's why. If, if while Facebook's working, we're going to be advocates for it. And, and if at any point in time, the CPM just didn't make sense, you just wouldn't do it anymore. Same thing with radio it's starting to just not make sense. Yeah. So well, that's cool. Um, talk about, you know, we're, uh, as we talk about kind of, uh, that you were selling out those events. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, why don't you talk about like what you're doing here in town with those, with kind of the live events. Cause a lot of the listeners are in Columbus. So if you want to invite anybody to any of them. Oh yeah. So as far as the networking events, sure. That we, yeah. So, so I've branched out now to the point where, um, you know, I've got a couple, couple other businesses that I'm doing, but I've got a main business that I'm doing where I want to bring entrepreneurs together. Um, and if there's one powerful thing I've seen through business owners, it's the power of networking, uh, and, and, you know, getting people together. So right now we have a monthly, um, social where we just bring a bunch of entrepreneurs together, get them in a room together. Cause you never know you never know what one connection can do for you. You know, uh, the, the daily show with John Stewart, a lot of people say, you know, um, you know, that, that was, that could never happen to me, but that all started from, I went to a networking event and I met a guy there and I couldn't help him. He couldn't help me, you know, but we had a beer, we laughed, 
Um, we exchanged business cards. Uh, it was a couple, like, like a month later or something like that. He calls me up and he says, hey, my friend is starting a podcast. Um, and he'd love to interview you about being on Iraq, being in Iraq. And nor, and it just started up, man. It, it, like I looked at their Facebook page. It had like, you know, 10 people that liked it or whatever the case may be. I was like, this is just starting out. Nobody's going to be listening to this. Uh, normally, uh, normally it's something I'd probably pass on. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I had that connection with him, I was like, yeah, I'll do it for you, buddy. So I do it. I don't know how the heck it happened, but somewhere along the lines, um, somebody from Bloomberg News was listening to that podcast, that tiny Holy little cow. podcast. Um, and they, they, you know, they were like, hey, we heard about your interview um, or we listened to your interview. Sounds great. We'd like to do a story on that as well. Are you open to that? I said, yeah, um, let's do it. Once the story came out in Bloomberg News, a producer from The Daily Show read that um, report and called me to be on the show. And that all inspired by just making one connection. That's crazy. So the power of connection is, is, is don't underestimate it. No, I mean, that's, that's a, uh, that's, I mean, even with us being here today, like we just did a emotional intelligence workshop together and yeah. then ended up, yeah. I'm like, I, I saw like your t-shirt and I'm like, you do escape rooms? You're like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, huh? I'm like, all right, let's talk. And it's, yeah. it's crazy, but butterfly connect, or butterfly effect all yeah. from that one connection, all from that one meeting. So, yeah, there was a, uh, the same thing with, uh, you know, doing something that doesn't seem like it's going to pay off is there was a, my first seminar I ever gave was with a, which I, at the time I was told, I actually was kind of bigger than I thought, but was a, uh, haunted house seminar that no one really, like not a lot of people went to, it was, it was smaller. I was going to have to drive six hours at like three o'clock in the morning to get there. It was, it just didn't make a heck of a lot of sense. Um, but I was like, well, I'll practice my public speaking it's fun. I was in college. I didn't, I'd rather do that than go out that night. It was like, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And turns out like I went to leave and my current like biggest client right now was at the, at the door on the way out. And they're like, we want to work together. And I'm like, how the, why are you guys even here? <laughs> like it didn't, none of it made sense. And then, um, but it just, it just getting out and, and connecting with people. So that networking, uh, uh, you know, events you're doing are, are, you know, incredible. Are, are they fairly, uh, inexpensive? Are they like a cheap? Yeah. Five bucks. Oh, nice. It's five bucks to get in the door. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Um, anybody wants to come, um, you know, uh, our website is, uh, Columbus center circle.com. You can check that out. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this podcast may not be from the Columbus area or maybe out of town or out of state or whatever the case may be. Um, and I just use this as an opportunity to say, go to any networking event. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be mine. Go to Meetup.com has a ton of free ones. Um, I found you get a lo- little bit better um, luck and better quality of entrepreneurs if there's some sort of charge, even if yeah. it's three, four bucks or whatever the case may be. Um, but like I said, networking event, go to it. You never know. One connection might turn into, uh, it might bring in $100,000 for your business. Yeah. Or you might spend 50 bucks going to a networking event and nothing. But you never know unless you try. Yeah. Trade shows, anything you can do. Even, I mean, turning things that aren't, called networking events and just realizing that everything is a networking event. Like yeah. this, this podcast was part of the reason I really like it is, is I get smart, talented people in a room and we can just talk and share ideas. Um, and you never know who they're going to know or whatever. And so you're promoting them and they're like, I know somebody that could use your services, even though I can't, it's, yeah. it's, it's super cool. So definitely not ever underestimating the power of, of networking and just getting out outside of social media and like yeah. getting out and actually meeting people is how real business is getting done. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to 
plug here or anything else you're working on? I, no, I think we covered a ton, man. Okay. This is good. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to tell everybody where they can find you um, and like your Instagram, Facebook, all those. Yeah, so I'm on, fa- I'm on Facebook as well. So um, Daniel Hutchison, my last name is spelled H-U-T-C-H-I-S-O-N. Um, look me up on there. I got a professional and a, and a, and a personal one. Uh, prefer you probably go with a professional one. Um, my website's uh, ColumbusCenterCircle.com. You can check that out, out as well. Yeah. So. Awesome. Cool. And then when that, uh, can we tease that little, um, the, the, the PR program you're doing? Do you have a website for that yet? Yes, that's uh, getpublicitysecrets.com. Yeah, so. you should do it. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. Awesome. It's been a pleasure, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on when like the next thing comes out and your next books come out. So awesome. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate it.